This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Maximum Fun with Gaming. That is the MFG cast. I am Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And can you hear me sweating through the microphone? Because, man, <laughs> I tell ya. But yeah, I, it's, I can't believe how flippin' warm it is. So again, you're going to hear all these outside no- noises. Probably me breathing really heavy because I'm so warm I can't even stand it. How is it out there in Jersey, Dan? Is it just as hot? So what I do love is uh, an- another tabletop board, ga- uh, a tabletop board game podcast and all that. There's another guy named Dan. He's also a postal carrier. So I think he can relate to the joys of when a season is only seven hours long. As I think spring started around 2 o'clock last week and then ended at 6.30 in the evening. And now it's straight to summer because we have 85 and <laughs> degrees, blaring sun in my face. It is amazing. I hate my job so much. I just, I'm going to burst into flames at any moment and it's going to be awful. Yeah. It's pretty bad when you go outside to play catch with your son for about 10 minutes and realize you're a bald person. You should be wearing a hat. And why is my, why does my head feel like an egg all of a sudden? One that's been thoroughly cooked. Is it like when you wear the mesh caps, you notice that there's like 7,000 little red dots from everywhere <laughs> yeah. that they didn't come? No, believe me, I've gotten away from that for a very long time now. Which <laughs> is wrong. Well, one of the beautiful things is, uh, at least when you play tabletop indoors, you know, you got some fans or AC or something, so it, it alleviates a little of this hellish landscape yes. of summer. Yes, exactly. But definitely, hopefully it's not on high enough that blows all the pieces off of our damn table, you know, because, you know, that would be the worst. That's why paper money sucks in most games. That is true. You're going to have to use, like, some uh, metal coins or something else from another game to keep everything you know, flush so it doesn't, you know, go flying away like a like a bunch of paperwork in a dust bowl or something. Yeah, like, what? Um, it was like last year when uh, we didn't want to break out the AC yet. We was like, we were like, it's only May. It's too soon for an AC. And uh, we were playing the game of 49 with the paper money. And it was like, it's like, how much do you have? Well, apparently you have $43. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's funny. We need screens and chips from now on when we play that game. Uh, yeah, no kidding, right? I know. It's some of the things you have to deal with as a board gamer. Boy, it's hard knock life. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode, we're going to be doing another uh, step backwards, step sideways, and step forward. This time we're going to be doing tile placement games. Um, or tile laying, however you would like to say it, if you're a snob. And... <laughs> Uh, we're going to start off with a tiling game that's fairly popular right now. It's King Domino. It's funny because I feel like King Domino is getting enough hype, but not as much as you, as I think it should be getting. Because, man, when it came out of the game, it was just like, you know, it was just the big thing, you know. And then Queen Domino came out and it was like, oh, this is cool. But, like, 
I don't know. I feel like this should be getting more praise than it is for some reason. Yeah, I, you know what it is, though? But I think it's also because there's so many games coming out at any given week now that maybe one or two games rise to the top to get lasting power. Like Terraforming Mars. People still love Terraforming Mars. Everyone keeps talking about it. it it's still getting played. There's expansions coming out for it at a ridiculous rate now. There's like two more for like this coming, you know, this year and stuff like that. But what was like the last terraforming Mars, you know? Yeah, like that's true. think about Great Western Trail when that game was coming out. Like, oh my god, Great Western Trail, great designers, it's gonna be great. And like it was hard to get for a little while, and then it became accessible, and then that was it. Like terraforming Mars, like kind of like took its thunder, you know. Which is funny it's that like Terraform Wars is like John Cena. It's yeah, like, <laughs> which is funny that they're both stronghold games, you know, and it's like oh, this one kind of took over the other one, kind of thing. It's a it's yeah. a good it's a good problem for for stronghold to have. Unfortunately, not everyone else, but you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and and I think like I think King, King Domino kind of got a little in that like same vein, you know. It's like it wasn't terraforming Mars, so you can't hear about it two months later. It's just. This doesn't happen with these games anymore. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's like because even like Century and Azul, you know, like those games, like they're both really good, and you hear of them a bit, but you don't see them at every single convention. You know, like Azul, maybe. You know, I feel like Azul is like because now that's actually in like Barnes and Nobles and a few other places. Yeah. But yeah, outside of ranting about popularity games, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'm just having fun because uh, I, I haven't actually gotten to like good deep conversations about tabletop uh, in a little while because we've been so crazy lately. Yeah, so. that's true. What do you think m- makes King Domino such a worthwhile tile laying game? All right. Well, um, I mean, when you think of like the roots of the tile laying game, like Carcassonne, uh, like Alhambra, like those are like you know the like what was the birthplace? Like you know they are the dominion of tile placement games. Mm-hmm. King Domino. I think, like, one of the beautiful things is simple concept. You know, it's, like, a two-piece land tile. And the fact that you're trying to build within confines of your court and your kingdom make it easy to understand. Visually, it looks really nice. Like, it's a game that has nice, bright colors, an appealing little 3D castle with, like, your king inside of it, you know, in your, in this, uh, in your kingdom and everything. So on the table, it has really good presence. To explain the game only takes about two minutes. And it has that interesting hook of, oh man, like, you know, I, I think I can do better next time. I, I think I can do better next time. Gameplay-wise, it has, like, that really simple style of we're just going to bring out these dominoes and, you know, we're going to take turns picking. And, like, based on the, the one that you pick is, like, you know, the number drafting is, like, how you get to go in the order of the next round. So if you really want this cool tile and it's on the bottom, you're going to be picking last next time and everything. But, like, simple play, nice look, nice visual. Like, because uh, you're actually the one that told me about this game in the first place. I remember you posted some pictures of it, and I was like, that looks really cool. And the super chunky dominoes is a nice touch, too. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, like, when you think of dominoes, you think of those ivory dominoes that you're used to, you know? So it's it's kind of funny when you when you pull out King Domino and you look at these tiles and you're like these are not dominoes they're tiles you know you're like that's so weird you know but it, it makes sense because it's it's got it's double sided you know and then you have to just like just like regular dominoes you have to match up at least 
one of the sides with another uh, uh, landscape that matches with it, you know? And uh, I think another reason why this game is is so easily accessible is that I think it has enough strategy at two, at three, at four players. And it's not one of those where, you know, you know, when you get up into those, you know, higher accounts uh, and stuff like that, it's not like it loses something, you know, like sometimes when you play a game, you like, you play this, you play it two players and you're like, okay, this is not enough. And then you play it like four players and you go, okay, this is too much sometimes. You know, with this game, it just kind of hits it on all cylinders, no matter what the player count is. And um, and one of the things that's nice about like King Domino is, uh, you know, like when you're saying about like that scale, the playtime they note fifteen to twenty minutes, and uh, I think Bruno Cathala came through on that in this design, because a two player, you know, you're actually acquiring faster, and you can like build a bigger kingdom and stuff like that, because you know they still want you to use all those awesome looking tiles. They don't want you to like ignore half the game. But, like, the strategy, it's like, you can plan as much as you want, but it's like, look, if there's only wheat that you can take right now, like wheat fields, you're going to take wheat fields. There's no, like, oh, well, I'm going to give up uh, nine gold, and I'm going to activate my rogue. To do-. It's like, there's none of that. It's just, uh, do they have crowns? Because they're going to score. Put them together with the other one so you get a good score. Very easy concept, but it does, it appeals to gamers. Like, you can play this with your family, and you can play this, like, you know, on game night. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that concept, too, because it's like, you know, it's, and I think I, I think I say this almost every time we talk about a game like this. I love games that you can teach anybody. You know, some, you know, I understand there are some games that we get out there and we're like, this game is for us. You know, it's like, you're like Lords of Waterdeep or something like that. There's... You know, like, maybe Lords is kind of a bad example because I've played that with my son and stuff like that, and he seems to do pretty well with it. But there are some games out there that not everyone can play because some people just have a way of doing things and the way they like to play that some of these games won't appeal to, you know, a lot of different casual gamers. I think this one, you can just, you can play with your grandma, you can play with your son, you can play with your daughter, you can play with your aunt. You know, it's very easy because if a lot of, most people know what Domino's is, you just have to explain the other little details about the crowns and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, because when you were mentioning about, like, uh, you know, like, Logan is in a house of gamers. So he might have an edge on some of the other kids. Like, but if you were to break out, like, Concordia with your folks, they would be like, I don't understand what's happening. But I'd be <laughs> like, King Domino, yeah, like, you're going to get them into it. And, like, you know, a four-player count is pretty cool. Now, uh... For something that's like uh, kind of like a step sideways and very relatable to this game, Queen Domino. Cheater, <laughs> cheater, cheater. So, you know, I was saying like in King Domino, it's not like you could spend gold and do this and manipulate that and add these like little figures over here to change this thing. In Queen Domino, you kind of can, actually. <laughs> it adds uh, like knights and towers and coins, which is like a new way to acquire. Uh, like special buildings that can go into these building districts which is like a new land type in queen domino and everything so um yeah so you know they they added a little bit to queen domino but i guess the easiest way to describe queen domino is it's 80 percent king domino and they were like eh, gamers like a lot of variety and manipulation just throw these little factors in like we'll throw these tower buildings in we'll like throw these knights in we'll make it nice you know 
but I, I don't want this game to be nuts. Let's make it, you know, let's keep it calm, okay? And that's what Cathala did with Queen Domino. Yeah, and I think that, and I think that's also a big part of Blue Orange Games is philosophy. I feel like too, it has enough crunchiness to get gamers involved, but it also has a nice, easy layer to it where anybody can play. You know, so if they're gonna have this Queen Domino and they're gonna throw these other things in, I'm sure, you know, they probably had a call to the fans like, okay, you know, like they probably some people were probably playing it and going. Oh man, I'd love this little castle that you start with at the beginning. I wish you could have a little something else, you know? Or maybe you had this little knight that says, doo, 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 you know, he's just kind of walking around or whatever, you know? It's like, it's like one, it's just those small things where, you know, you know, maybe they just, because it feels like with Blue Orange, they're very good at, at, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, what I'm trying to say. Like, it almost, it almost seems like they're very good imaginative with their imagination when it comes to making these games and what they are. It's a little different than other game companies would do. And they do one thing with these two games that I do really enjoy, which is you can combine the both of them for the Royal Wedding variant. Nice. So uh, I do like it when games acknowledge other games in their world, and I especially like it when you can do something really cool and combine like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, you know, if you want a little something extra for that, you know, for that a little more, you know, bigger scope game, then, you know, they've added it for you. And I even like with the King Domino, too, it has a couple little variants, too, that kind of spice it up a little bit. Like instead of having the 5x5 five five grid, you have the 7x7 seven seven grid. So it kind of, you know, yeah. it makes it a little, little more interesting. So. And one other, uh, like, last factor that makes these games pretty nice King Domino usually goes for about 20 bucks. Queen Domino is usually about 30 So you can get both of these games for $50, you know, play this awesome variant, and if you broke out both games, like say you had like a whole bunch of people at game night, you can have two Concordian games that are going at the same time. Eight people playing King and Queen Domino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Another, usually with these, with these side steps, back steps, front steps, we usually just pick one, but I... I thought Dan had a great idea with us just picking a couple. So I, with my sidestep, I went with Lanterns, the Harvest Festival right, by Renegade Games. With Lanterns, it's got your tile-laying placement. So you're putting tiles on the board that have the lanterns. You're trying to get these cards so you can fulfill certain needs. And then you're trying to gain honor by dedicating sets of lantern cards. So, you know, depending upon you know how much you have and what you want to get for points, because you've got those points and de- is it descending order. Yeah, you have them. You have those uh, points in descending order and stuff like that. But what's cool about this game is the strategy of the tile laying. So depending upon where you set your tile when you get to set it, it will give everybody in your in the game a chance to get a lantern card. But also, it gives you the strategy of, say you match up colors in certain areas too, you get an extra card there also. So, you know, you want to get these bonuses for, you know, getting yourself more cards, but in the process, you don't want to give your opponent too many cards that they're uh, getting too many things too, because then you could set them up. Another thing that's cool about this game too is that they've got those these tiles with the little pictures in the middle and you get and once you put place those on the board you also get favor tokens you can switch two favor tokens to get yourself another card too so there's a strategy there but also you can 
multiply what you get in favor tokens too. This is something that I didn't even realize until I just, I wanted to kind of study up. So I just was looking at videos about how to play, just how to play and stuff like that, just because we hadn't played it in so long. And you can even multiply your favor tokens. So say you have a couple of tiles that are, you know, off to the side and you link up this other favor, favor token p tile that you lay on there and there's three in a row. Well, if you got that three in a row, you get three favor tokens instead of one. So you can multiply that too, which is something we, I don't think we ever caught in it. So it's just one of those that just has, you know, a little, I don't know. I think it's got just as much strategy as King Domino. It's just in a different way. Yeah, it's um, Christopher Chung made something in this game that is my favorite element where it's the, you get to place the tile, but you might be helping out another player tremendously because you want that one thing. And it's just evil and devious, and I think it's fantastic in games. I always enjoy that, oh, oh god, no. I really need this red, but I don't want to give you four points. And like it's, <laughs> and you kind of got to break your own arm just so the other person can't benefit. Those things are always fun in games. I always enjoy those type of moments. Yeah, yeah. And one of one of the things that I think I love about both of these games that we talk about is that art here is just so amazing. Like the King Domino has just got like this cute, almost cartoonish kind of fantasy art, and then. Uh, Lanterns has this beautiful, original kind of, you know, Lanterns look to it where, like, every time you pull out the game, you, you it feels like you're playing something that's very artful or artsy or whatever. You know, it's just it's just a great-looking game. Yeah, and it's, like, uh, I'm actually quick looking on BGG right here. There's, like, multiple artists on this game. You got Beth Sobel, uh, Christina Major, Tyler uh, Siegel... Alexi Cod, Jason Kingsley. I mean, there's multiple artists on this, and it's kind of funny because when you look at it from a distance, you wouldn't really think that. You know, because usually you're used to like one or two artists in the game, and that's it. But a lot of people came together to make this thing look as good as it does. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and you wonder what that story is because yeah, how why would you know? It's like okay. Do you, did you want that many people? Did everybody agree? Was there something where you go, oh, well, we need this person for the lantern part of it. Well, we need these, this person for the little art in the middle of the cards part. You know, it's like, yeah, it's interesting. To, it would be interesting to see how what that story is. I'm sure this wasn't the case, but how awesome would it be? It's like, okay, you do everything that's blue. You do everything that's red. You do everything that's purple. That would have been insane. That would have been kind of cool, actually. <laughs> it's like, think of them as if you're the master of these magic colors. This is... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, Lantern, you know what's funny? Uh, I think there's also an app for Lanterns, too. And now I kind of want to pick it up because uh, I'm thinking more and more about this game. Yeah, there there is an app for it. And I we haven't played it for a bit because I think it was something where... We got it for free, and then something screwed up, and then we didn't end up having it anymore. But it's one of those apps that is, I think, I think is, uh, you know, if you're really into app games, this is one you should have because it's it it's beautiful because it takes this beautiful game and puts a little bit of you know pizzazz into it, and it's just as fun. Now, for our step backwards, another game that also has an app. Uh, is one of my favorites, and you scooped out from under me when we were picking games for the list. 
Tell us about Suro. Oh, Suro is an awesome game. And it's funny, too, because we actually played this app game before we played the board game part of it. And it's funny because you hear about this game. We Before we got the game, we heard about it all the time. We're just like, Suro, 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 you know, and we're like, what kind of game is that, you know? And if you don't see if you don't see anything about it, all you see is this box. This box with this beautiful dragon on it. And you're like, wow, well, that looks cool, you know, but what's inside, you know? So you start with your little your little gem or your little uh what is it? Dragonstone. Your Dragonstone. Well duh, come on. Dragonstone. <laughs> That's the whole reason of this game. And you start it in a certain spot on the board. And then you all every player gets three tiles in their hand, and each tile has certain paths on it. And some of them interconnect, some of them don't. But once you place them on the board, eventually you'll have to move your your Dragonstone. You know, it follows a path. But also what you can do in this game too is eventually if you get into a spot where you're kind of getting closer to your other pals that are playing this game, you can also make them go in a direction that they don't want to go. The whole goal of this game is to be the last one standing, not being thrown completely off the board or smashing into another dragon tile, dragon token, dragon stone, dragon stone. But if you have to lose your dragon stone, smash into someone else. Take them with you. <laughs> yes, Hulk smash, Suro smash. I, I can't tell you how many games we've played where the line of, well, I'm going to die this turn, but somebody's coming with me. <laughs> I love that in this game. The one thing that the game has, that or that the app has, that the game do- doesn't, is that the app has some cool things too where you can like play regardless of of how the game goes whoever had you could play a variant called like whoever has the longest path or what's the other one oh like most loops yeah most loops that's right i love that one that one's awesome yeah especially since like i love like making pretzel shapes when i play this game (laughs) and go through this and go through this yeah (laughs) And it's it, you know if you try to do it on the board game it's kind of hard because you're like oh crap where, where was I how many loops did I do where was you know it's but you know it's just I don't know it's just a really cool game and then they also have this part thrown in too where you have this dragon tile where if you at one point can't draw another tile to drop the three cards you get this dragon tile and then eventually if one of your opponents gets out then you, even if it's not your turn, you get to draw one of those cards that they, that they, you know, um, that they had to give up because they lost. My favorite thing is that higher player count, the first time playing the game with people, you explain that, and they're like, well, what happens if nobody dies? It's like, yeah, we'll worry about that when it happens. Like, two <laughs> rounds later, and tiles are redistributed again. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> I it's don't know fu- how big you think this board is. Somebody's going off of it soon, buddy. Yeah, and it's <laughs> funny too because it seems like a very serene, very calm board game. But when you play it, you're like, "You're going down. I'm, you're, I'm gonna smash you. You're gonna fall off the edge of this game. I don't care what happens. You're going down." I do love that the app has like this nice calming music. And you hear the sounds of the, st- the stone going along the sandstone pass. And you're just like, 
Red's got to die. He's going to throw me off the board and he's got to go first. I need to assassinate this dude. <laughs> it's all tranquil and everything. Um, yeah, this was actually... Uh, I'm. Oh, man, I'm going to annihilate this. I think it's Tom uh, McMurchie that made this game. But I know it's from Calliope Games. The way that I got back into this was actually in Game Trade Magazine uh, a number of months ago. They re-released like 5,000 dragonstones of all these new different colors like a royal purple and like a, you know like um like a, a golden and all these different colors and everything and they were like hey you know maybe you haven't played Zero for a while maybe like these new colors will breathe new vibrance and you'll want to play it all over again yeah that advertising worked because i bought a copy and so did another buddy of mine like so Man, maybe more games should do that. Like, oh, by the way, uh, in this game trade magazine, here, here's a new hero to play in Descent. Go play Descent again. You're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your so what's your step back game? So I picked up a game recently called Indigo, and this was actually uh, suggested to me by a buddy of mine on Twitter, uh, Board Game Deals, where he said it is the Suro Killer. I'm not going to give that title to the game yet. (laughs) It still has to earn it a little bit. So Indigo actually uses hex tiles instead of the square that you're used to from Suro. And the way that Indigo works is in the center, there's six different gems. And they're blue, and those are worth like two points each. And then there's like these green gems along the outside, and they're worth one point each. And you put like these little tokens of your like grouping like you have a screen with like a symbol and a color so say like you're purple you have like these little purple tokens around the board that are your scoring zones that sound by the way means i had a good idea Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so the difference in indigo is like now in Zero, you're always putting out a tile to create your path in indigo you can put a tile anywhere you want including screwing up other players paths this one, by the way, is made by, uh, you may not have ever heard of this guy, Reiner Knizia. Who is that? <laughs> Sounds like he made Zoloft or something like that. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, I mean, like, come on, only 500 games? Get with the program, Knizia. You gotta hit 1,000 to get my respect. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh man, he put out six more games since we've been doing this recording. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, I like it. It's enjoyable. It's a smaller player count. Um, Suro covers eight. Indigo only goes four. The idea of the scoring areas is interesting. One thing that's a little different in this is uh, as your player count goes up, you'll have joint scoring zones. So, like, you don't want me to blow up the blue gem because if I score it in my and your zone, like, you'll get, we'll each get a blue gem of two points. So you kind of want to let me get it into our zone. But if you notice I start swerving it towards, like, me and Kim's zone, nah, I can't have that happen. That That's totally unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, um, you know, it's still readily available. Like, it's in stock on Amazon. You, uh, I think I picked up uh, mine in Barnes & Noble's not too long ago. Um, the only local game store left for us over here on the island. But, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, the box is ridiculously larger than it needs to be. So, you know, bring your big game bag when you bring this one out at game night. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty interesting. And uh, that's my step back for the tile placements. Nice. And it's funny, too, because uh, 
when you talked about Ingo, that's a game that every time someone talks about Suro, I hear this, I hear Indigo. I hear that one's, that one's either better or, you know, just a, you know, a touch different and stuff like that. And for some reason, I had it in my head that these were by the same person or by the same company and just a little different. It's weird to see that these are by, you know, two completely different companies and people. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, they they get a lot of comparisons too. Because like I said, when when he said Indigo is a Ciro killer, I'm like, all right, let's not be crazy. Yeah, Let, yeah. Let's but let's see what it's about. I mean, like I said, I dig Indigo. Um, it's not the killer for me yet. Let's see where I'm at in a year from now. Yeah, and the thing is that 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 moniker always turns me off because it's like there's lots of games that I know that are similar to other games, and this is kind of the whole theme of this. And yet we still play these games. You know, it. So when someone says, "Oh, this is." You'll never play this game again, like it's Century Spice Road. You'll never play Splendor again. No, I've played them both. I like them both just fine. You know, don't don't tell me how I'm gonna play my games. I am gonna make a claim right now. EDF five is the EDF four killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like saying Madden seventeen is the Madden sixteen killer. Okay, we've seen Pretty 50, much, yeah. <laughs> we've seen fifty two of them. I get it. That's funny. So. Now we get to go into our step forward. So it's something where we we consider these games to be a little bit better, um, a little bit more to them than the King Domino that we originally picked for our picks. Yeah. It's like better is subjective, but meatier by is this is objectively more involving. Games. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> and again, it's all it's all what we think too. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to be like, wait a minute, that's totally wrong, and that's fine. You're wrong, but you know we understand that. <laughs> Just kidding. So for mine, I will go first. I'm going to pick something that me, Dan, and Paige all argued with online before we even <laughs> talked. So obviously it's going to be a good conversational starter. Um, I Uno. picked. What's that? You picked. You picked Uno. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's no. It's not tiling <laughs> at all. Um, but I picked Azul. Um, it is a tile placement game. Yes, it's not in the same vein as your King Dominoes. It's not in the same vein as your Suros. But. Go to BGG, which Dan is doing right now, and typing you it damn in. Damn right, <laughs> and it I'm says, gonna see if I see tile. Play. It does. does it, it actually. It does. Oh my god! It does. I looked it up because sure I wanted. I, yep. So I wanted to have a little bit of little bit of side of the right on this one, but you can argue me all you want. So you have these nice chunky trials. Wow! Did I say chunky trials? I totally yep. did. That was amazing. <laughs> Wasn't that your stage name when you were a dancer? Tunky yes, Childs. exactly. <laughs> like Julia Child, Tunky Childs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those games where you have these tiles in the center. And you have to, you know, in these certain spots. And you have to collect some for your boards. So you're taking a tile or tiles and placing them on your board. Tile placement. And... You know, depending upon the strategy, you're trying to, you know, it goes from one to five on your board. And once you place a tile there, you have you have to, you know, if you can't, if you run out of space on your tile board, you have to go into the negative zone, basically. And you get these negative points. So it's got this strategy of, you know, taking from a different spot. But once you take this from that spot, you have to take all the all the. Uh, same tiles of the same color and then put them in your spots and then everything else will go to the middle or if you 
take them from the middle, you just take as much as you can, put them on your board, and the rest, if they don't fit, you have to go into the negative zone. It's got, you know, even though what I'm explaining sounds very simple, this game is not. This game is very chunky, very meaty. It's like you have to figure out, you know, do I want to start? Because when you first take out of that middle pile, you have to take that first player token. So you get the first player token, but you also get the first negative point. And then, you know, depending upon what you choose for tiles, then your other players can take something, leave you with a chunk of crap that you don't want, and therefore get more negative negative points there. You know, it's one of those that I've played quite a few times now, probably about three or four. That doesn't sound like a lot, but like, you know, we've gotten this recently and haven't gotten to play it as much as we'd like to, but from the times that I've played it, like, I feel like this is a game that I can play on a multiple basis and not get sick of and also find different strategies for. And also, depending upon your players, how they play and their player counts, there's lots of different ways you could play this game. True. It's like, uh, see, for me, I, you know, like, and this was part of our argument, for me, it's always the, uh, the puzzle aspect that wins out in uh, Azul. I don't, I don't so much think as I'm like, oh, where would I like to place this tile? I'm just like, points! I need points! <laughs> but <laughs> but um, at two-player, this is the most savage, vicious, cutthroat game because it's just as much of a viable strategy to screw your opponent as it is to get the points yourself. Yes. Because if I get plus five or I make you lose five, it's still a factor of five. Yes. But it's more fun to make you lose five. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. And that's why, like... My last victory against Tracy was a, a phenomenal one because I could not believe how many words were coming out of her, out of her mouth. Like, dude, come on, you know. Like, I, I you know I won't say most of them. You know, I'll bleep them out for you know those sensitive ears. But you know, it it was just, just like I could just see it in her face where she's like, okay, I gotta do this, and then I would do something else, and she'd be like, mm, you know. And speaking of that victory, the swelling over your left eye is going down finally, so that's not too bad either. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I was going to say, those chunky bits, when you get hit with that bag in the face, it, it leaves a mark. Yeah, that's why they call me Tunky Childs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Uh, God, I still can't believe it's on top placement on here. I, I got to give it to you, man. The, <laughs> the yes. BGG has spoken. Small victories. <laughs> All right. So for, uh, for my step forward, uh, I decided to go for a game. Uh, it's made by a certain Alexander Fister. Go Fisties. The artist is a little guy you might know by the name of Clemens Franz. That's right. Uh, it's Isle of Sky. Uh, you might have heard about this game a couple of years back. Uh, 2016, uh, Kennerspiel de Yaris winner. It was like, uh, you know, nominated one. Um, it was really like riding out a heyday and I think it kind of hit like a little, uh, like bleak point where it was kind of hard to get for a little bit because it won the Counterspiel. And then, you know, four days later, people forget about games. So it was kind of, you know, fell by the wayside a little bit, but it's still going strong. An expansion just came out recently for it, uh, with Iolus guy, because, Alexander Fister loves making sure that uh, the way that you score points is never simple or mundane. <laughs> There's all these different scoring tiles, and they're laid out uh, on this row. And then every round, 
different tiles will score. So like this round, it might be the A and the C tile. The next round, it might be the C and the D tile. And then after that, like the B and the A tile. So the way that you're scoring is it's a variable scoring and what's in those windows for like the A, B, C, and D, all that is going to matter. So if it's, you know, like uh, like continuous mountains or this thing or that, it's going to change how you're trying to get these things every turn, right? So, like, that's already, like, a little brain-burning and a little puzzly. And then you add on top of that, there's also an auction mechanic in the game where you're going to be, like, bidding on your own tiles. And when you go around the table, somebody can pay that bid, and then you get back your money plus the money they gave you. So if I put, like seven coins on this tile you give me seven coins so i get my seven back and i get your seven hey i'm up to 14 now and if not you have to pay that amount to get that tile so it gives you this puzzle of oh my god i don't know how much i should charge for this thing like i you know, I, I don't want to pay 10 gold to get to play this in my tableau it's not helping me that much but i don't want somebody to get it for like two like how much should i bid on this and like and then i'll drive you nuts and then Kim will stomp you senseless in it because that's what happened with me. So I'm assuming this will be everyone's experience. <laughs> but it's really interesting how you got the puzzle of, okay, what's my priorities for scoring? Layered with a puzzle of economic management and trying to read your opponents like, I'm staring you in your face, your, your one eye almost swollen shut from Chasey face. And I'm like, all right, how much... How much is Kirk gonna put on this thing? Like I know I know he wants those sheep. Sheep is gonna score in two more rounds. It's a lot of time to build up. Is he gonna get five? Is he gonna get seven? I know he got a lot of money last turn. I think he's gonna give seven. Like you get you start feeling all this stuff. Like your mind's racing trying to read the table. And then a game that goes two to five players, that's a lot of people to try to read. Um and then on top of that, you're laying out your tableau to create the opportunities for all those scoring tiles. You know, like you want to make sure you like you get your groupings. You want to also get the areas that generate income. And it's just, it's very cool, very different. Um, the BGG, who also notes that Azul is a tile placement game, puts the weight at like 2.25. It's, you know, for a tile placement game, it's a little up there. It's a little interesting. Um, this one, again, uh, it's pretty available now. Uh, you can get it for about 35 bucks. This is something pretty cool. The five-player count is a nice touch because mini games, like even like you know Azul and all those others, two to four, two to four, two to four. You get you know, if you have that, hey, can I bring my date? Or like, oh, do you mind if Charlie comes this week? Eh, you know, now you got something that goes for the five, and um, it is a very cool game. Like like many of Alexander Fister's game, it keeps me coming back. And this is the thing I like to break out when it's like I feel like thinking. And at the end of the game scoring, probably a little bit of crying. So let's do some ILS guy. <laughs> That's funny that, you, that this is something that you get crushed on a daily uh, daily basis and you still come back to it. That's good. good. I, oh, God. It's, it's savage. It is savage, the beatings I take in this game. <laughs> I don't know what part I'm getting wrong either. It's like, I'm like, I don't know. Am I not bidding right? Am I just not handling my money right? Yeah. Like, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, there's always those games that just, just befuddle you, you know. And I love the the last sentence of uh, BGG, BGG's description of this, which probably just comes from the the instructions of the game or whatever. But it says, in the end, the player with the best kingdom and not the richest player becomes the sovereign of the <laughs> island. That's bullshit. The richest player is always going to be, come on, come on. Yeah, 
Well, don't forget, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. It's like, you could be the richest and the best. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like, I haven't, uh, on a quick side, I haven't even, like, looked at the expansion for this yet because I still get so much out of the base game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I even, like... I, again, a statement I can't believe. I'm not even sure if I actually need the expansion for this. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's it's funny when you when you have that kind of feeling for it. You know, it's like, you know, when we talk about about Orleans, you know, it's like you you know you really you you told me you you like the expansions too, and you have them, and you play them. But like, for me, it's like, I don't know. For some reason, they're just I have that same thing. It's like, do I really need them? Probably not. Maybe eventually. You know, maybe if it gets to a certain amount that I want and I don't then you know maybe I have a few bucks to spend and there's just not something out there that's just not trip trip tripping my trigger or whatever and I want to have a little bit more meat to that game or maybe you know I play it you know a good amount of times and I know I need a little refresh and maybe that'll help but it's like there's just some games out there that are just so good on their own they don't you know maybe you don't need to worry about that expansion yeah, and I mean plus I was playing Orleans base game for like 18 months before I picked up the expansion stuff gotcha like, you know, you get, like, after, like, you know, like, 50 plays, you might be like, okay, cool, let's add this thing. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, now that, like I said, uh, we mentioned it, uh, like, about a month ago, Orleans being back on the market is the greatest thing mm-hmm. for the BGG community. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, hopefully, hopefully they'll do that with more games, that they can fill that demand that's always been needed. You know, there's always those games out there that, you know, people are like, okay, why is this game so hard to find? You know, it's... You know, highly rated, highly rated, but you know we can't get our hands on it. That that to me just does not make sense. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I think TMG was like, oh, "You want the game? You want it? You want it? Oh, wait a minute! Nah, we're not gonna give it to you yet." You gotta- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but you know, it's just sometimes it's just frustrating. Um. So yeah, agree, disagree. I bet you have lots of opinions. Go to Twitter, go to fa- our Facebook page, be a part of this conversation. We, I've said this a million times. There's a lot of people that have, you know, gone on and kind of talked with us, but we'd like to get you more in the loop. So, you know, if you if you have a minute, pause this damn thing. We're at the end. Give a pause. Go on Twitter, go on Facebook. Tell us what you think, you know. Am I wrong about Azul? Do you think that tile placement moniker should just be off of that because it's not quite what you're thinking? Let me know. There's a lot of different things. And there may be some other ones that you think are similar or maybe just a little bit better or below. You know, give us those suggestions. We like to talk about that too. You know, if you're a fan of Carcassonne and, you, you know, you got into tile placement and there was something that we completely overlooked, completely neglected, uh, the one other suggestion we got was from Paige was pretty much almost every game UA Rosenberg put out in the last year or so where... Uh, there's so many tile placement games. Baron Park, Cottage Guardian, Indian Summer, Patchwork. That's like, you know, like that Polyanimo, like Polyanimo, uh, oh my God, I'm sure I'm getting that wrong every time, uh, game where, you know, even like number uh, number nine, you know, it's like this concept of like the different shape uh, dominoes and everything to go into the spots. We were talking about those games. I f- we figured we would stick more to straight out base tile layer. But yeah, all those games are fantastic. Um games in this concept idea as well yeah exactly and if you haven't played some of the ones that we've talked about get out there and play them because i guarantee you you will like them well and maybe you won't maybe you won't like it but i bet you'll have a little bit of fun maybe ringing endorsement by me yay (laughs) all right so let's let's kick this pig and 
again, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Kurt. And as always, this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG cast. I want to start doing something like, and continuing to follow the path of my Dragonstone, D. Wyatt. <laughs> Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends, one die at a time.